So there's an interesting article out at frontstretch.com. Not by our own Trey Lyle, but by one of his colleagues, Luke and Glover. Yeah, no one wants to read my stuff. Well, it could have been written by you in the sense that, you know, it's from a Richmond Raceway perspective. Pro-Richmond, of course. Wanting to find ways to make it work with multiple cup dates. Because it's been a topic that's been kind of seeping under the story of NASCAR. So before we get to a look ahead to the Southern 500 this weekend, and then obviously the NASCAR playoffs, all 10 races on a broader level with Luke and Glover of FrenchStretch.com. Luke, and want to first of all compliment you. I thought the article was really well written. It covered the idea of Richmond Raceway getting, uh, keeping multiple dates and maybe even doing a two-race weekend, uh, two-cup race weekend on the same weekend as an idea that said, how reasonable is it to think this could actually come to fruition? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. I love the show. And, uh, you know, I don't think I could have done as well as Trey would have done on the article. But, you know, I'll, I'll take the credit. So, no, I, I think looking, when you look at the possibilities for a 2024 schedule and what the sanctioning body is thinking of and the ideas that they've thrown out there, there is a realistic possibility that it does happen. Double headers have been floated around ever since we were really in the COVID era. We saw it with Pocono there for a couple of years, but mostly it mainly kind of went away. Obviously, TV ratings there there was some mixed results there, uh, and then just just the idea of putting a double header together. But overall, I think there's a really good shot of it happening. You look at that next year with the 2024 Summer Olympics. Obviously, NASCAR has taken advantage of that with breaks. We only have one break uh, in the season right now, and obviously, teams are begging. Uh, to have more time to spend, you know, doing just just living their lives outside of the racetrack, and so I think with the Summer Olympics, it presents a really good opportunity for them to take Richmond, which is also there in the summer, keep those two race dates, but also put it all in one weekend to kind of hype it up. And and why not with when it's only a few hours away from most of the teams' homes of Charlotte, North Carolina, then there is a really good uh, opportunity that well ways that, uh, for them to use uh, potentially to have a doubleheader there. Yeah, I mean, that is a good sign for NASCAR at Richmond. Uh, the flip side to that would be, and Luke and Glover of FrenchStretch.com is with us in the fast lane, midweek races didn't do well during the COVID pandemic of 2020, and that would, you'd think, would have been a time when people were clamoring for anything to consume and watch, uh, and yet they still struggle with midweek races, meaning you would have to do a Saturday-Sunday type race setup. Um does that wear out, though, the idea of doing that, especially when oftentimes you get similar teams that can perform well, or is the novelty different because you've got teams that make adjustments from a Saturday race to a Sunday race? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, that, and that's a great point. I think when, you, when NASCAR is looking at that, obviously you don't want to have a copycat situation of what happened from that Saturday to Sunday uh, show. We saw that kind of at Pocono, especially there in 2020 between Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. We saw when Michigan had the doubleheader, Kevin Harvick dominate both those. But Richmond's a different animal with trap position, the tire wear, the strategy that we've seen the last couple of times we've went there. I think that those all are contributing factors to potentially making it more intriguing of an option, especially at a short track. Uh, you know, and there are, there are poten- there's a potential that they don't do it on a Saturday, Sunday. Instead, they do it maybe a Thursday and a Sunday or a Friday and a Sunday. Uh, a few a few different options that they have uh, in their uh, stack of cards there. But when you look at the teams throughout the garage and you look at just the parity that the next-gen car has brought, then there definitely is that, that a slight chance or even a, a large chance that we see a turnaround from the first race to the second race. Obviously, there have been some teams such as Joe Gibbs Racing and then most recently RFK Racing who have kind of gotten Richmond's number. 
But I think but what, what uh, potentially lies is something I put in the article is you look at kind of the daytime. Obviously, what time of day the races are held affects the track, the track conditions, how much grip is out there, uh, you know, the different lane options. And so potentially you could run a night race and then shift it over to a day race or vice versa. And that throws a, that throws the teams for a loop. They have to adjust their notes. They have to make those adjustments to keep up with the track over that week. So if you have different start times, then that absolutely uh, opens and uh, opens a hole for other teams to take advantage of potentially having that turnover and improving from one day to the next. Luke and Glover with us here in the fast lane, pivoting away from the NASCAR ideas with what happens uh, with Richmond Raceway because nothing's official and the schedule is yet to be announced uh, later this year, obviously, going through this process than in prior years. Um, NASCAR going to Southern the Southern 500 to kick off the playoffs at Darlington this coming weekend. Trey and I had this discussion before you hopped in that realistically, Martin Trucks Jr. has been very consistent this year. William Byron, by and large, has been consistent. Maybe you can make a case for Chris Buescher, who's kind of peaked at the right time, but largely been up there with Roush Fenway Keselowski racing. Is this overall as wide open a playoffs as you've seen just because there have not been a lot of consistent teams and there are a lot of boom or bust options? It's funny that you say that because you look back at 2022 and that that just took everybody by surprise it seems like obviously we had the new car but it just came out of nowhere 19 different winners we saw a lot of parity not only in the regular season but throughout the playoffs i mean we saw two former champions eliminated in round 16 last year and so like well how can it get crazier than that but wait there's more you come to 2023 and as you said it does feel like it is it is wide open i, I think if you look at the points yeah we have some favorites you mentioned there truex byron busher all kind of near the top there but overall i mean i think it's fifth place down to 16th is only only separated by about 17 points and you look at the points available through stages and then obviously a position then and that can close up really uh, in a really short period of time even within the race and so yeah i think overall this is the toughest year for playoff predictions as i was sitting down there today just kind of doing my own little brackets looking through just the different drivers and the strengths they have, the weaknesses you have, what the, what the history has been for them in the playoffs, whether it's deep or not, it is really spread out. It's it's fairly balanced, and I think you have to applaud the sport for at least you know creating that uh, kind of having and getting rid of that disparity that we had seen, disparity we had seen in the past. But yeah, it is extremely balanced, extremely spread out. It's hard to say what will happen around sixteen. Uh, I, I made my predictions today, and I'm ready for all four of them to be wrong. Who are your predictions? Who's in the final four for you? My final four, it's it's kind of wavered here over each day, but in the end, I like Martin Truex Jr. I, I like the as you said the consistency he's had this year. A lot of his play elf tracks play into his favor. I like him getting back to championship four. Last time we saw him re, uh, win a regular season race, a regular season championship. Excuse me, he ended up winning all the the big money, the big prize, and at the end of the year. So I like Jurex getting there. I like William Byron to get back. I think we are finally seeing the William Byron that many people were expecting and the potential that he had when he came onto the cup scene. He has finally reached that level and starting to maximize what he can do in a race car, and I still think there is some room for him to grow, which is which is scary if you think about it. But if you look at the 10 playoff tracks, Byron has won at five of them with a couple of those coming within the past year, I believe. And so Byron is, you know, especially with the playoff points he has, I think it's 36 then he has a really good opportunity just to, you know, to cruise kind of into the round of 12 and from there get to work 
and and make it all the way to championship four. And then from there, it, it gets really tough. There are a lot of guys you can make a case for. I like the odds of Kyle Larson. I feel like he's been kind of slept on here over the past couple of months. It's been a rough summer, or summer, if you can say that, for the five team. But if you also look at the playoffs, they get back to some tracks where Larson's really good at, where that team has been really strong. So you can you just can never count out Kyle Larson. I think with with the talent and the speed that he brings, I like his chance to get there. And then that fourth and final spot, it is really open. I feel like I was telling someone the other day. I feel like this is the year where we almost have a Ryan Newman situation from 2014, and someone kind of sneaks their way in there. And while this driver has won three of the past five races, you know he's one of the hottest drivers in the sport. You still so many people still probably would not include him in that championship four. I like Busher's odds. I, I'm, I'm going with Chris Busher as my little dark horse to get to the championship four. If he can just survive these first two rounds and get to the round of eight, the round of 12 rounds uh, uh, lines up really nicely for him. And the round of eight, he's shown speed at Homestead Miami in the past. Uh, Martinsville is a really good track for RFK racing. They've really improved there in the short term program in general. So if Busher can somehow find that speed that we've seen over the past five weeks and take it to one of those round of eight tracks, there's a legitimate possibility we see him fighting for a title in Phoenix. Lucan Glover, NASCAR, FrontStretch.com, with us here in the fast lane. Lucan, to the race weekend itself, how likely does Darlington's race weekend, the Southern 500 in particular, the cup race Sunday night, kick off what we saw last year, which is a slew of first-time winners on the year to start off the playoffs? It's if you you got to take a look at the moon. I would say I mean, that that full moon and the seven five hundred seem to go hand in hand in the past. But no, and in all seriousness, I, you know, there's definitely some opportunities for guys to sneak in that first win of the year. Uh, you look at guys who didn't even make the playoffs last year. We had Eric Jones make the uh, win the race, and he didn't make the playoffs. He could be a threat again this year. The team obviously legacy has not been where the, where they were a year ago. But Jones definitely has an opportunity in front of him at Darlington, given his prowess there in the past. And then you look at, obviously, the two the elephants in the room, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. Both those guys have shown the speed to win races at times this year. I think in Elliott's case, even though he didn't make the playoffs, you are starting to see him get that racecraft where he's able to run up front and compete for wins again. I'm definitely keeping a close eye on him. Keeping a close eye on Bowman, he's had some really good runs at Darlington in the past. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a really good opportunity for some of those guys who have who didn't make the playoffs to carry some momentum into 2024, getting started off by winning this week. But over, I, I actually favor the playoff field and the guys who have won this year. I think when you look at what we saw at Darlington in the spring, the consistency that some of these guys have shown compared to last year, then there are a few drivers kind of up there towards the top who I think are going to be tough to beat when we get to the track this weekend. That will be fun to watch, and we look forward to watching it all unfold and giving us a primer on the Southern 500 and the start of the NASCAR playoffs, Lucan Glover. Frontstretch.com with us here in the fast lane. Lucan, a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to speaking again. Absolutely. Appreciate it, and y'all have fun. Indeed. Lucan Glover with us in the fast lane. When we return, fun. For half the stadium, actually the majority of the stadium in Nashville this coming weekend. Just not one of the two sidelines. That is something we'll address next with Eric Ainge, former Tennessee Volunteers quarterback and now host of the Eric Ainge Show on WNML in Knoxville, Tennessee. He is set to step into the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.